Slapping alas and dying on pork and beans. The Squid Circle Digest, that is. Here is your host, Sean Stanley. It's Saturday, and you know what that means. Squared Circle Digest Onside Radio. From the beautiful inner Miami CF Stadium. A little foggy here this morning in South Florida, so if you're heading out this morning, yeah. Make sure to be safe. It was a little bit hectic getting here behind the board today. My man, Alex. Alex, how are we doing this morning? Doing good. Doing good. I feel like, you know, we're changing sides here. I feel like you should be sitting on this side. I don't know. So so you think you're you're saying you're better than me? Not at all. I think you just said that. No, no. You are the wrestling guy. So this is your show. But I'm just so used to seeing you behind the monitors. So, but this is a good change of pace. I like it. Yeah, I got a little chance to co-host with uh, Toast yesterday. Marsh was I, out. I, I so, listened, uh, yeah. That was so great. So I got a little chance to co-host there. And, of course, this show here on Saturdays. Did you, did you stop at the McDonald's over here? Have you ever stopped at the McDonald's here? I've been to the McDonald's. Not today, but I've been to the McDonald's right across the street from the stadium. So, yeah. So I get my meal. I'm not going to say what I get because uh, I'm around, so I get a lot. But but I get my you know my large Coke and and they give it to me and and what's up with the paper straws? I'm all for recycling. But one thing to me that doesn't make sense is this: soda, water, all that stuff that's wet. What is a paper straw doing in a wet soft drink? Besides, now I can't even get my straw out of my cup now because it's mush. Why is that, Alex? I'm trying to save the planet, man. You know, I I have no idea. Like, like I, like, I'm all for saving the planet, no, but, I but I can't yeah. get my soda in my mouth now because with the COVID, I don't want to drink out of the cup. Right. And also, like, you get those paper straws and you put them in your drink, and you gotta drink it as like quick as possible because you wait a couple more minutes and the straw's gone, legit. Like it would just evaporate into your drink. That's what has happened here. That's what has happened here, and, and I'm very upset about it. I'm almost upset about it, as a lot of people are upset about The Undertaker being on the Joe Rogan experience this week. Uh, a lot was said. We're going to dive into a couple things that uh, kind of highlighted the Twitter. You want to be a part of the show, it's 888-441-4623 by phone. We'll probably open up the phone lines in the second and third segment. But, of course, by text, the whole show, 844-416-8123. That's 844-416-8123. Got a little ahead of myself there. So The Undertaker goes on the Joe Rogan Experience podcast. Uh, you listen to that podcast at all, Alex? Yeah, I do. Yeah, and I and uh, my girlfriend actually told me that The Undertaker was on the Joe Rogan uh, show, so I took a listen, and, and it was it was interesting. What what was some of your takeaways before I dive deep dive into this? Let me hear some of your takeaways of of what you thought when you were from as you're you're a you're you're a wrestling fan, yay or nay? Yay, but. A recent wrestling fan. A couple of my buddies when I was in school in Gainesville got me into wrestling, and uh, since then I've been hooked. Okay, so you weren't really watching it when The Undertaker was The Undertaker? Here and there. Here and there. Like, but not a lot. I wasn't like back then, especially like during like his heyday or mm-hmm. like when he was like, you know, at the top. Not, not much. I didn't see much of Undertaker. But like to answer your question about him on the Joe Rogan show, my take on that is that it was such a a refreshing change of pace in terms of like fans seeing the undertaker at his job 
and then seeing him behind the scenes. He does during his career. He never really opened up a lot. No, so, he opened up at, at all. That really, he, he he lived his gimmick. I mean, there was yeah. even times where, like he said in in the Joe Rogan experience, but he used to wear all black mm-hmm. when he was you know doing the Undertaker gimmick. They used to park in. Uh, they would leave an ambulance when they went to Madison Square Garden. They would leave with the paramedic crew to get dropped off at a separate venue or separate parking garage so that they could leave from there so they wouldn't have to walk to the fans. That's what he did. That was his kayfabe. And here's the thing I think some of the 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 people in the uproar, and I'm not here to say whether he's right or wrong. I'm not here to say whether people that are in uproar are right or wrong. But you have to take a look at what The Undertaker, the era that The Undertaker was a was a pro wrestler for the majority of his career. Back, you know, I don't want to say back in the old days, but wrestling was protected. It was a protected business. It wasn't what it is now. It wasn't the sports entertainment era. And I'm talking Undertaker, the wrestler here. I'm not talking about Undertaker, man, because there's more things that I had forgotten about and have come to light again here, but I'm talking about this these comments that were made during the Joe Rogan Experience podcast, and we'll get into more detail here, but you have to remember, The Undertaker was from an era where this was a protected business. He spoke about it. When he went to get trained, and, and the one story he used was Buzz Sawyer, who, which actually he didn't get trained there. He just kind of gave money, and then Buzz Sawyer beat people up, ran people off, kept their money. And Mark kept showing up. And then ultimately, Buzz Sawyer moved territories and kept his money, and then The Undertaker kept his dogs. But that's what it was back then. It was protected. If you listen to Hulk Hogan, I believe it was Hiro Matsuda, I want to say, and I can't remember if it was an arm or a leg. But when Hogan went to train the first time, Hiro Matsuda broke his leg or broke his arm, one of the two. Then he came back, and that's when he trained them. It was a protected business. I'm not saying it's right. But it's a different era. It wasn't sports entertainment that we see today. Guys weren't outspoken about the business. It wasn't social media back then. It wasn't, everybody wasn't on social media. What you got about pro wrestling from was from your pro wrestling illustrated, your your uh, pro wrestling uh, this week, the TV show with Gordon Soley, Joe Petticino. You were fed the information. They controlled the narrative. If you went to the live shows, went to a lot of championship wrestling in Florida here. They used to give you the little the little uh, show program, about three or four printed pieces of paper. Little storylines written in there, and then the top 10 on the back, and then a place for autographs, and all that. That was the information you were given. It wasn't the social media age that it is now, to where you get what every wrestler is eating. They're flying out of an airport. And it was also territory driven. The wrestlers worked in those territories. And you've heard the stories. I mean, you've heard the, the bar fights, that, you know, from other wrestlers. That's how a lot of them made their names. It was a different era. It was about protecting the business. 
wasn't necessarily so much about protecting the boy. It was about protecting the business. And you saw that from The Undertaker until here recently. And now he's coming out and you're hearing, you know, his stories. And, and now you're hearing his opinions on certain things. And again, not here to say right or wrong. But now everybody's in an uproar that, oh, The Undertaker, he thinks the product is soft. The product is soft. And, and here's a little hint also about that. The ratings say it's getting softer. The product. The Undertaker didn't say anything in that uh, the comments about the current product that I, I don't necessarily know is is wrong. I'm going to read, you know, quote The Undertaker here. I try. It's rough right now. The product has changed so much, and it's kind of off. Probably pissed a lot of people off, but they need to hear it. It is what it is. The young guys who think he's a bitter old guy, I'm not bitter. I did my time. I walked away when I wanted to walk away. I just think the product is a little soft. There's guys here and there that have an edge to them, but there's too much pretty and not enough substance, I think, right now. So with that comment right there, is he wrong? When you look at what the WWE, back in the Attitude Era, where everybody had an edge... Everybody who was on TV had an edge. You didn't turn it off. Look at the product that's coming out right now. SmackDown. For everything that SmackDown is, Raw isn't. There's a few storylines in Raw that, that, that got me a little bit. The Fiend and Orton. The Hurt Business, love the Hurt Business. The Charlotte Flair, Lacey Evans, starting to grow on me a little bit. But SmackDown now is starting to, to get a little bit edgier with, with the Roman Reigns. I think Roman Reigns is the, is the lead focal point there. If you watched the promo last night, you can feel that promo. That's the edge, and I think that's one of the guys that he's saying, you know, Undertaker already said has an edge there. There's, there was an edge back then to everybody, not just one guy. Think back, if you can, to the Attitude Era. Give me anybody. Even the mid-carters had edge. Has an edge to them. Their characters. The storylines. And that's what I think when he said the product is getting soft. I think that was more toward the creative process of what the WWE has become. Not necessarily a hit on the talent. Although talent might play a little bit of a, a role in that. But another part. Let's go down to, to another thing that he said here. One of the big things that happened was that the generation before... We all got old at the same time. 
So there weren't enough guys to work with the young guys. And then he went on to say, you can listen to the fans on the internet or you can listen to someone who's been there and done it. There was just not enough of the merging of the young and new talent. And I don't necessarily think it was a merging of the young and new talent with the vets. It was the fact that I don't think the talent had a voice in the creative process. You think The Rock, you think Stone Cold, Triple H, DX, you think all these guys didn't have a role in the creative process as they were doing it? I think a lot of the young talent was taken advantage of by the company and told, you're going to do this. And of course, the young talent, they want the jobs. They're going to do what they're told. And there was no young, or sorry, old grizzled vets there to be like, no, no, this is what we're going to do. Because all of them had moved on. And the vets that were there, AJ Styles, were not WWE vets. When you look at what The Undertaker was saying in here, and again, everybody's going to look at it differently. That's the thing with professional wrestling. You can look at it many different ways. It can be looked at from different angles, and somebody will look at it like this. The other person will look at it like this. This is what I believe from my reading, my looking at the comments, is he's talking about Looking at the talent, the product, not the talent. I'm sorry. The product, not the talent, has gotten softer. Now, I did say some comments about the talent and the locker room, and we're going to get into that when we come back. Don't forget, Miami Heat and NBA fans catch Ira Winderman here exclusively at OnsideRadio.com with our Acura of Pembroke Pines Miami Heat reports. Catch Ira throughout the week at OnsideRadio.com, and when news breaks, Basketball fans know Onside Radio is the place you get the insight you need. Find the podcast for the Squared Circle Digest on all podcasting platforms. Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast.